Hello everybody, and for those who don't know who I am, my name is Sean, and I would like to welcome you to a special Black History Month edition of the Provoking the Conversation podcast. During Black History Month, we will take time to explore the lives of six African-American figures that helped shape, mold, and define Black history in a way that we may have never thought was possible. They have fought through segregation, the impact of slavery, inequality, and still have found ways to inspire so many, including myself. Some of these figures are still with us. Some have already blessed us with their presence, their impact, and their love, and moved on to a higher power. So sit back, enjoy, and learn about black history, which for sure is American history. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Provoking the Conversation podcast, Black History Month series. So you guys been rocking with me. I just want to make an announcement. It's a big week for the Provoking the Conversation podcast. Let me kind of fill you in here. Um, On Sunday, we did not release an episode for our Black History Month series due to technical difficulties. We have since got that fixed with Anchor, so we will be releasing the remaining three episodes. One of them today, we will actually be including one of those episodes in our Friday episode, our typical Friday episode, so keep an eye out for that. And we will also be dropping one on the last day of Black History Month, February. I believe that's February 29th on a Sunday. So they're coming. I know you guys might have been looking for it Sunday. Thank you for rocking with me. Um, don't worry. We did, I did not forget. So today, I'm going to go ahead and talk about one of my favorites and probably one that's a little bit more uh, regular. One that probably more people know, Malcolm X. So for those of you who don't know who Malcolm X is, let's, a lot of people describe him as the louder, more aggressive version of Dr. Martin Luther King um, because him and Dr. King were both very outspoken. They were both very about black revolution. Um, I shouldn't say revolution, well, black empowerment and making sure that equality was followed. So a couple facts here about Malcolm X. So, you know, Malcolm X... Original name was Malcolm Little. His Muslim la- name, I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but it was El Hazim Maklik El Sazab. I don't know if I said that right, but that's what it was. He was born in May 19, 1925, Omaha, Nebraska. And he was assassinated, which there's, with fun fact, they're starting to open up back that case. I still believe the FBI killed him, but I'm going to save that conversation for another time. But he was assassinated on February 21st, 1965 in New York, New York. Now, fun fact that some people didn't know about Malcolm X. He spent six years in jail. He was, um, as some people say, he was a hustler. He began robbing store, robbing food stores in Lansing. Later on in Boston and New York, he got involved in some drug dealing, gambling, prostitution rackets and spending most of his time in seedy nightclubs. At the age of 19, he was arrested for the first time for allegedly stealing and pawning half his half-sister's fur coat. 
Um, and a second arrest followed by his his um alleged mugging of an acquaintance at gunpoint. And a third arrest came after he burglarized a series of Boston area homes. So yeah, Malcolm X did not start out at the best dude. I'm not here to shame the guy. I'm just here to tell you his history a little bit. Some things that you guys may have not thought of. Then he was sent into then he was sent into prison. Um. Yeah, then he was sent into prison, and then later on in his life in Chicago in 1952, he met Elijah Muhammad, and then organ he started beginning organizing temples of the nation in new york philadelphia and boston so this is where his life kind of turned um he was an articulate public speaker he was charismatic he was infallible organizer organizer he was just he was a beast he was he was foot to the gas at all times that's who malcolm x was um you know when he spoke he expressed some pent-up anger frustration and bitterness um, of the African-American community, you know, when we listen to, and I like to, and a lot of people compare him with Dr. King, but when you hear Dr. King, you hear kind of calm, Hey, we do stand for this. When you hear Michael Max, you hear the real emotion, you hear the anger, you hear the pissed offness of the African-American community, which I don't think that feeling is expressed enough. I think we, I think sometimes you need to show people you're upset for them to take you seriously. And I think that was part of what he did with how he spoke. Um, you know, and mainly when he was with the civil rights movement, it was mainly between 1955 and to 1965. He preached on the streets of Harlem and spoke at major universities such as Harvard University and the University of Oxford. Um, like I said, on February 21st, 1965, Malcolm was assassinated while delivering a lecture at the Alberton Ballroom in Harlem. Three members of the Nation of Islam were convicted of the murder. Yeah, I, I I still don't believe that, but I'll leave that alone. He was survived by his wife, Betty Sebas, who he married in 1958, and he had six daughters. His marriage room ideas and speeches contributed to the development of black nationalist ideology and the black power movement and helped to popularize the values of autometry and independence among African-Americans in the 1960s and 70s. So Malcolm X was a very passionate man, you know, and I thank him. I thank him for everything he did for us. I thank you for everything he um he did bring. So the thing I want to kind of talk about here with the black community, because every episode I've been doing this, I've been taking our figures and kind of taking it a short opportunity to talk about what this figure kind of brought in my eyes, you know, makes reminds me of issues with the black community. And I think of Malcolm X's strong leadership. I think of, of his emotion he used. I think of his strong, um, his determination. And I look at this man and I say, there's an there's an issue in the, in the African-American community with black men. And I can say this because I am a black man. Um, this may not be all black men, but I think there is a there is a missing of leadership in the African-American community of black men and. And it's not just about standing in front of a podium and making a speech, but just not only leading the charge of our, you know, empowerment and our equality, but also leading the charge in our families, um, leading the charges in our relationships. And just because you hear leading the charge doesn't mean I necessarily mean in charge. See, leading the charge and being in charge are two different things. Leading the charge is kind of like setting the tone. You know, when you're leading people, they are with you. 
you are just setting the direction of where you want to go. And when you're in front, a lot of people don't think about this. You will take the first hit for the group. Think about it. If um, a pack of wolves are together, um, the, 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 per the wolf in the front, if someone is shooting at the wolves or attacking the wolves, that wolf in front, that, that, um, that wolf in front is going to be the first one attacked. It's also the first one to warn the others. It's also the first one to defend them. It's also the one to make sure that the group doesn't get lost. It, and I think that's what we're missing here in the black community. We're missing that male leadership. You know, speakers like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King set the standard for that. But so much recently, I think that's something that's just been missing. I, I, and I think part of that, it, it, you know, there's another, <clears throat> excuse me, there's another side of this story where um, people would say like, well, black men don't need to lead the charge. Black women could do it. But I only think that transition was really made because at some point black men thought they stopped trying to lead and just started to worry about themselves. That's why the, the rate of deadbeat parents or deadbeat dads, let me be specific here, in the black community is so high. Um, there's other factors that go along with it, such as, you know, black men going to jail for dime bags of weed over the years, being arrested, being um, stereotyped against. There's a, it's a multi-pronged factor. But recently, we've discovered that there's a lot of black men that just don't want the leadership role. And I understand that. And it's a lot of pressure. And it's already pressurized enough being a black man in America when you walk around, you feel like you got a target in your back. But, you know, I think this is something that this is a challenge that we can take up. And I'm not talking about you charging in the streets like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King did. That's not what I'm saying here, guys. I'm saying as in just being leaders in our families and our households, because I think that leadership is needed. I think the community is starved for it. And I think it's something that we can really, and that could be one of the biggest steps we take in recent days of bringing equality and um, moving the black community forward. All right, guys, thanks again for rocking with me. I hope you've been enjoying these series. If you haven't had a chance to listen to all of them, go back and listen to them. There's some good stuff there. Um, like I always say, guys, um, I love you. Take care of yourselves. And like I always say, keep talking.